Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Good morning. Disturbing sign. Vladimir Putin appoints a new war leader, the notorious general known as the Butcher of Syria, to head Russian forces in Ukraine as the invasion ramps up. An eight-mile-long military convoy now in the east. And the president of Ukraine with a stunning revelation this morning. Tens of thousands of civilians likely killed in war-torn Mariupol were live on the ground with the very latest. Spring surge, COVID cases up in more than half the country, with some areas facing the possible return of mask mandates. We're watching it very, very carefully, and there is concern that it's going up. What's driving the rise in cases? The White House's new COVID czar, Dr. Ashish Jha, joins us live with answers. On alert, millions bracing for severe weather and possible tornadoes for the fourth week in a row, including the already hard-hit South. Owls tracking what could be another wicked weather week ahead. Shell shock. Just days before Easter and Passover, the price of eggs is soaring. The latest grocery staple that's taking a bigger bite out of our wallets. Some stores also facing a shortage. What's behind the spike that is scrambling some holiday plans? Today, Monday, April 11th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuppy, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today. Thank you for joining us. It's Monday morning. We've got Hoda off, Tom Yamas with me. Uh, did you spend all weekend on the couch watching the Masters like every Watched other person I know? A little bit of golf, having a good morning. Not as good as Scotty Scheffler, though. What an incredible win. And Tiger, he's back. I know, he's yeah. back. But it is a very busy Monday morning. Several developing stories we are watching this morning. Philadelphia is going to make a decision today on whether to bring back indoor mask mandates. One of several cities reevaluating COVID protocols as these case numbers start to dramatically tick up in some areas. We're going to talk live in a moment with the new White House COVID czar, Dr. Ashish Jha, who starts his new job this week. Also today, the South and the Plains are watching yet another dangerous storm system that could bring severe weather to several states for the fourth week in a row. Al will have the latest forecast. But first, we begin with that stunning revelation overnight from Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky. He says already tens of thousands of civilians have likely been killed in the city of Mary which has been a major target of Russia. And in the meantime, a massive Russian military convoy has been seen mobilizing in the eastern part of the country as Russia's focus appears to be shifting. NBC's Molly Hunter is in Irpin, Ukraine, with the very latest this morning. Hi, Molly. Good morning. Savannah, good morning to you. That's right. The war is shifting east. Russia is ramping up its offensive in the east. They've also replaced a key battlefield commander with a man named Alexander Dvornikov. He is also known as the Butcher of Syria. He's accused of atrocities inside Syria and carrying out those scorched earth policies that Russia has become so known for. This morning, President Volodymyr Zelensky delivering a dire warning, saying in a video address that it's likely tens of thousands of people are dead in the besieged city of Mariupol. Overnight, saying Ukraine is ready for the next phase of this war, but whether they can win, Zelensky says, depends on U.S. support, warning Russia is rapidly increasing its presence in the east. 
Satellite images showing an eight-mile column, hundreds of Russian military vehicles moving towards the city of Izium near Kharkiv on Friday. Zelensky telling CBS 60 Minutes, Ukraine needs bigger, better help and fast. All depends on how fast we will be helped by the United States. I have 100 percent confidence in our people and in our armed forces. But unfortunately, I don't have the confidence that we will be receiving everything we need. I asked President Biden for very specific items. He has the list. Over the weekend, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson pledging $130 million in new military aid during his visit to Kyiv. Very, very, very glad to see how you need. The two leaders walking around the capital, sending a powerful message. The city many predicted would fall to Russia is still firmly in Ukrainian control. Over the weekend, the airport in Dnipro, Ukraine's fourth largest city, hit by Russian missiles twice. And in Kramatorsk this morning, trains are still suspended. Civilians forced to find other ways to get out of the east. The death toll from Friday's attack now at least 57 people. It's extremely difficult to even think about sitting down with people who uh, commit or uh, excuse or find, or find excuses for all these atrocities and war crimes. Whatever I feel, if I have the chance to save a human life or a village, a town from destruction, um, I will take that chance. And on 60 Minutes, President Zelensky asked about his expression in this photo from Bucha. It's anger. It's anger. Because we don't understand the Russians. You can't really understand this world. Now, as the war shifts to the east, I just want to show you, we are in one of the suburbs around Kyiv. This is a bridge where we saw thousands and thousands of people evacuating from Irpin, trying to get into Kyiv. And I just want to show you, they've created a temporary bridge here. And behind me, there are people, you can see right there, returning to their home, Savannah, in Irpin for the first time in weeks. Savannah, I'll send it back to you. All right, Molly Hunter in Ukraine for us. Thank you. All right, back here in the U.S., COVID cases are once again on the rise. Over the past two weeks, they're up in 27 states, and some areas could see the return of mask mandates. NBC's Blaine Alexander is following that story for us. Blaine, good morning. Well, Tom, good morning to you. Of course, when the CDC shifted its guidance, it said that only those who live in high-risk areas needed to wear a mask indoors. But now that we're watching those numbers on the rise across the country, some local officials are trying to decide whether it's time to bring those back. This morning, with the nation's COVID case count once again on the rise, some city officials are facing a difficult question. Is it time to make masks mandatory again? I'm going to do it, but I can see that a lot of people are probably going to say no. Today in Philadelphia, where cases are up 89%, officials are expected to announce whether the city will reinstate an indoor mask mandate. It stinks, but, you know, we'll do what we have to do. Over the last two weeks, 27 states have seen a rise in cases. Experts say largely driven by the new BA2 variant, accounting for nearly three-fourths of all new cases. Right now, we're watching it very, very carefully, and there is concern that it's going up. In New York City, cases are up nearly 50% over the last two weeks. There is also a 76% increase in the nation's capital, where the number of high-profile positive cases is growing after last week's A-list gridiron dinner. At least 72 people have tested positive after attending. 
among them three Biden cabinet members, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, and three members of Congress. There will be a level of infection. This is not going to be eradicated and it's not going to be eliminated. Mm. And what's going to happen is that we're going to see that each individual is going to have to make their calculation of the amount of risk that they want to take. But even with renewed focus on the nation's case count, some experts are questioning whether it's still an effective indicator, saying the number of daily COVID cases are dramatically undercounted, with more people using at-home tests. Just over three months ago, at the height of the Omicron wave, the U.S. was performing nearly two million tests a day. Now, that number is down to just over half a million. Others with mild symptoms choosing to skip the test altogether. Now, Tom, of course, while we're watching those COVID numbers on the rise here, we're also seeing them go up in other parts of the world, including China. In fact, the U.S. State Department has now uh, warned Americans to reconsider travel to the country, parts of the country, including Shanghai, over restricted COVID precautions there. Tom? Yeah, they're dealing with extreme lockdowns over there. Okay, Blaine, thank you. And with COVID cases ticking back up, we want to turn to a familiar face now in a new role. Dr. Ashish Jha taking a break from serving as dean of the Brown University School of Public Health. He's now the White House COVID-19 response coordinator. Dr. Jha, good morning. Good to see you. Good morning, Savannah. Thanks for having me back. So how concerned are you about this BA2 subvariant? Are we in the midst of another surge? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Savannah. I am not overly concerned right now. Case numbers are rising, BA2. We were expecting this, right, because we saw this in Europe a few weeks ago. Um, but the good news is we're coming off of still very low infection numbers. Hospitalizations right now are the lowest they have been in the entire pandemic. Uh, so we've got to watch this very carefully. Obviously, I never like to see infections rising. Uh, I think we've got to be careful, but I don't think this is a moment where we have to be excessively concerned. As you know, the mask mandate for public transportation, airplanes, airports, trains, and the like, that is set to expire next week. Do you still support that, or do you think that perhaps the mask mandate should be extended for public transportation in light of these rising cases? Yeah, this is a good, really good question. This is a decision that the CDC director, Dr. Walensky, is going to make. I know the CDC is working on developing a scientific framework for how to answer that. Uh, we're going to see that framework come out, I think, in the next few days. And based on that, we're going to want to be guided by this decision. You know, throughout the entire pandemic, we've wanted to make decisions based on the evidence and, and science. And I'm, that is what I expect we'll do again this week. Well, let me just uh, ask you, Dr. Jha, does yeah. that mean that extending the mask mandate in public transportation is a live option. It's on the table. Yeah, I, I look. This is a CDC decision, uh, and uh, I think it is absolutely on the table. And the, and Dr. Walensky is going to make uh, her decision based on on the framework that the CDC scientists create, and and we'll make a decision uh, collectively based on that. What about schools? How do these schools determine whether or not to have kids get back in masks? I know in the Northeast, we're seeing the cases go up. We're seeing a lot of kids certainly uh, suddenly turning up with COVID. Do mask mandates or mask advisories need to come back in schools? Yeah, so, you know, CDC, and again, you know, CDC has created a framework that I actually really like, and I've been very supportive of it well before I came into this role, um, which basically looks at each community and assesses risk based on infections, based on hospitalizations, hospital capacity. And one of the points that the CDC made was that schools should not be treated differently than the rest of the community. And so if there are mask mandates in the rest of the community, schools should have them. If there are not, they shouldn't be. Uh, that's what we should be doing. So people can go to the CDC, look up where the community risk is, and that's how we should be deciding. 
exciting what's happening in schools do as you, well. Do you feel, Dr. Jha, that you have a good handle on the number of cases because we've seen some of those public testing sites close, people do private testing or they don't test at all, but it doesn't get reported. So there's a lot of experts who feel that the case numbers are actually severely undercounted right now. Yeah, so we've had undercounting throughout the whole pandemic, right? And that has always been an issue. There is no question in my mind with rise of home tests, which I'm incredibly supportive of, by the way, right? I think home tests are great. Um, we're going to miss a lot of those. We have other indicators. We have community-based surveys that we're doing of infections. Obviously, we're looking at hospitalizations. Those are still at very, very low levels. So I do feel like we have a pretty good grip of the overall picture. Uh, but no doubt about it, obviously, we're not capturing every infection, especially with people doing more home tests. And finally, the president has has been in close quarters recently uh, with people who have subsequently tested positive, most notably Nancy Pelosi. That was last Tuesday at the White House. She was there again the next day, Wednesday, and on Thursday, she announced she had tested positive for COVID. You look at those pictures, not a mask in sight. In hindsight, is that a mistake? Yeah, so the White House has very tough COVID protocols, very tight protocols around the president, and rightly so, right? He is the president of the United States. Uh, everybody needs to be tested before they see him. And, you know, those protocols have, have kept uh, the White House reasonably safe. Now, I would not be surprised if we continue to see infections uh, pop up here and there. But so far, uh, I think the key issue is to follow those protocols, make sure that people are vaccinated, boosted around uh, each other, making sure people are getting tested. If we continue doing that, I think it's a very good way to continue to protect people. But just given the fact that the president is 79 years old and he's not just anybody, he's the president, does the risk calculus change should he be wearing a mask? Yeah, I, I, look, I think the, the COVID protocol in the White House is, is pretty stringent. You know, the one time I, uh, the last time I saw the president, I had to get tested right away, uh, right before I saw him. I think that's really critical. Um, and I think the White House is going to continue to assess this and base this on data. But I, I think the protocols right now are really quite effective at uh, protecting the president, protecting others around him. All right, Dr. Ashish Shah and his new role as COVID czar at the White House. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you, Savannah. Well, welcome to the new job. All right, staying at the White House now, President Biden is set to unveil new rules today in an effort to curb gun violence. Much of the focus is expected to be on so-called ghost guns. Those are privately made firearms that are not marked with a serial number and are difficult for law enforcement to trace. Also today, the president is expected to nominate Steve Dettelbach to run the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms and Explosives. Dettelbach is a former federal prosecutor who served under President Obama. All right, we've got Chanel in this morning. Good morning. What you got? Good morning to both of you. The NFL is mourning the shocking death of 24-year-old Dwayne Haskins. The Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback was in Florida training with teammates this weekend. Police say he was hit by a truck while walking on a major highway. NBC's Sam Brock has the latest on the tragedy. Sam, good morning. Chanel, good morning. Dwayne Haskins' death was not only deeply saddening, but also confounding. Police say they have no idea why he was walking in the middle of an eight-lane highway, not far from where I'm standing, where two major interstates meet. The tragedy, Chanel, stunning both his NFL and college families. On a busy stretch of highway in South Florida, a chilling call. Rising a vehicle for pedestrian. Pedestrian was walking on the highway. That person turned out to be the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-year-old quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, a former star at Ohio State University. According to police, Haskins died after being struck by a dump truck. I said this individual uh, is going to have a major accident if uh, you don't get to him. Chris Stanley telling NBC's Miami station WTVJ that he dialed 911 as he watched cars veer out of the way 
trying to avoid a man dressed in all black. It's just very disturbing. I just didn't understand the situation. His arms were a little bit uh, moving. Like it might have been like he's waving. While the circumstances remain mysterious, the painful loss of a young player rippled through the football world. Dwayne, I was just with you, man. And I love you, brother. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin writing in part, I am devastated and at a loss for words. He quickly became part of our Steelers family. Retired Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger penning a letter. I only had the privilege to know DeHask for a short time, but in that time I got to meet a young man that didn't seem to ever have a bad day. He came to work every day with a smile on his face and energy and love in his heart. Buckeye Nation also in mourning for Haskins, who led Ohio State to a Rose Bowl victory in 2018. Former coach Urban Meyer telling the Columbus Dispatch he was one of the sweetest kids. The players all loved him. I'm just heartbroken for that family, as many reflected on the loss of a once promising prospect. He came here to turn his career around, and too young and life too short. And Haskins is survived by his wife, his parents, and his younger sister, with whom he was extremely close. Guys, police said that the truck driver stayed on scene, cooperated with authorities. We are expecting a full report somewhere in the range of three to four months from now. Chanel, back to you. Our hearts go out to his family this morning. All right, Sam, thank you. Okay, 17 minutes after the hour brings us to the weather. Al's actually in Washington this morning ahead of his interview with President Obama. That's coming up this week. They'll be talking about climate change. But Al, what you got your eye on? Well, we are watching a big storm system that's developing. And in fact, we've got severe thunderstorm watches along this system, and it's going to just get worse as the day goes on. Here's what we're looking at right now. As far as risk areas, 13 million people, wind gusts of up to 60 miles per hour, damaging hail, tornadoes likely into tonight. Then we're also looking at very large hail from Little Rock, Dallas, Waco. We move into tomorrow. More of the same. We're looking from Des Moines, Iowa, all the way down to Dallas. 39 million people at risk, and here we've got a risk of severe tornadoes. EF2 are stronger from Des Moines down to Ardmore, Oklahoma, and then we move into Wednesday, and we've got 62 million people at risk from Madison, Wisconsin, down to Houston, New Orleans, Nashville, and Lexington as this system makes its way, bringing massive snow and rain to the Pacific Northwest. Blizzard conditions making their way through Montana and parts of the plains, a severe potential stretching from Iowa on into Texas, and then then that makes its way Wednesday into the Midwest from Chicago all the way down to New Orleans. Strong storms. So there we go. We can look at anywhere from two to three inches locally, four inches in the central in the central Midwest, but in the Pacific Northwest, heavy snow and in the plains, upwards of two feet of snow. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al. Thank you. Coming up, Tiger Woods on how he's feeling after that Masters comeback and when we might see him play again. Plus, prepare to pay extra for a holiday staple. Why, the price of eggs is soaring just days before Easter and Passover. But first, this is Today on NBC. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer, like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seven thirty Monday morning, 11th of April, 2021. Happy to have that crowd. Happy to have... Tom and Chanel here. All right, guys, let's get to your headlines here at 7.30. The House panel investigating the Capitol riot has enough evidence to refer former President Donald Trump for criminal charging. That is according to Congresswoman Liz Cheney. During an appearance on CNN's State of the Union show, the Wyoming Republican called the January 6th attack a well-organized and well-planned effort to try to overturn an election. What a number of people around him were doing, that they knew it was unlawful, they did it anyway. Cheney said the panel has not made a decision about moving forward with a referral on criminal charges. That is some frightening moments in Times Square last night. A loud boom caused by a manhole explosion set off a panic for thousands of people gathered in the popular tourist area. Go, go. I don't know what it is, but... What is it? You saw the video right there, dozens of people running away from the scene, not knowing what had happened. Thankfully, no one was hurt. Energy provider Con Edison says a cable failure was to blame for that explosion. Elon Musk will not be joining Twitter's board of directors as previously announced. The Tesla and SpaceX CEO remains Twitter's largest shareholder after recently purchasing 9.2% of the company. But Twitter announced yesterday that Musk has decided not to take a seat on the board. However, the social media giant says it will remain open to Musk's input. All right, Carson joins us now. Where's the green jacket? It's uh, away for next year. (laughs) (laughs) You have to to return it, actually. (laughs) One of many golf fans, Carson's riding high this morning after that Masters weekend capped off with the crowning of a rising star. 25-year-old Scotty Scheffler took home his first green jacket. Maybe that's where it went. While Tiger Woods made a triumphant return after that serious car accident less than 14 months ago. Let's turn to Golf Channel analyst. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you think? Well, there were no losers over the weekend for sure. I mean, for sports fans, we got Tiger. He made the cut. We got to watch him over the weekend in all of his glory. For Tiger, it was a big win because there was a lot of unknowns prior to this week. Could he hold up a championship major week physically with the practice rounds, with the 72 holes of making the cut? And he did. Uh, But I think the biggest takeaway is the smile you saw on Tiger's face as he walked up 18. The patrons gave him that incredible ovation. He looked, he's experiencing gratitude almost for the first time. We've Mm -hmm. never seen Tiger like this. I mean, he chose the hardest tournament, didn't he, to come back? (laughs) Well, physically, it's so hard. Kapalua and Augusta are the two hardest golf courses to walk. So physically, he's probably thrilled waking up, though, because now he 
knows moving forward his golf schedule, which includes probably the majors, there's three more majors in the next three months, that he has a template to which he can work from. I remember he can he can walk and recover and yeah. walk and recover. I remember sitting with you guys and there were people who wondered whether he would be able to even keep his life. Correct. Yeah. Not that long ago. I mean, 508 days he didn't play a competitive round of golf on the yeah. tour and he goes out and makes the cut at the Masters, beating, you know, huge notable names. So, yeah. uh, but an exciting. And, but hats off to Scotty Scheffler because that's the young guy. And a great guy, too. Unflappable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, coming up next, it's bad timing just days ahead of Easter and Passover. Why the cost of this holiday staple is on the rise. You may even have a hard time finding eggs right after these messages. We're back in depth today with grocery bills on the rise. There's one more important staple taking an especially hard hit lately. Yeah, we hate to say this in the morning as the price of eggs is hitting historic levels and some people are even rethinking their Easter and Passover traditions. NBC's Emily Aketa is here to break down what's behind the price hike. Emily, good morning. Good morning to you all. Uh, so we've seen the price of feed for animals and the supply chain crisis already impact our grocery bills. Well, to make matters worse, now a highly infectious avian flu is forcing U.S. farmers to kill millions of egg-laying birds from Wyoming to Maine, and it couldn't come at a worse time. Colorfully painted eggs are synonymous with spring, but just days out from Easter and Passover, and you may have trouble finding or affording the staple. Ridiculous. I'm going to go buy chickens because I just spent $8.99 on 30 eggs. Terrible. The wholesale price for eggs is nearly three times as much as last year, surpassing $3 a dozen at the end of March, which has only happened once before, according to market researchers. The soaring costs, driven in part by a bird flu outbreak that's spreading like wildfire in more than half the country, leading to the deaths of millions of birds. The virus is rarely transmitted to humans, but it's hurting people's wallets, especially those with the ingredient baked in to their business. So you got an invoice, the prices were nearly double. What was your reaction? I thought there was a mistake. <laughs> Bakery owner Renee Ferris goes through some 700 eggs a week and even more ahead of holiday weekends. Could the timing be worse? No, <laughs> it actually can't. It's pretty bad. The bird flu outbreak comes as food prices are already on the rise. My grocery bills have skyrocketed. Milk surging by 11% in the past year. Butter up more than 5%. Candy, 7%. The USDA predicting groceries could increase another 4% by the end of 2022. Souring even the sweetest of traditions. We most likely will be dying less eggs due to the price of them. I don't want to raise my prices, but unfortunately we might have to. And I've noticed that a lot of businesses are raising their prices. But after surviving the past two years, Ferris is confident her customers will help her weather any storm. We have a great support system and we have a really great community, so it makes it worth it in the end. Okay, so the good news is industry experts say the supply of eggs is tight, but not to an alarming degree. So we're not facing toilet paper level shortages yet. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> it's the retailer seeing the biggest price hike in eggs right now, and not all stores are passing those costs on to consumers, though analysts warn that probably won't stay the case for long. So something to watch for. Yeah. Let me tell you, you so, could not find just white eggs at the grocery store mm -hmm. yesterday. Brown eggs, fine. So White eggs, because it's Easter. You want to yeah, die. You want to decorate them. Yeah. I noticed the Easter bunny was not quoted in your story. Is that, <laughs> are we okay? I, I should have reached out. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Emily, time. thank you. <laughs> time now for a check of the weather. Al's in Washington, as mentioned. Hey, Al, morning.
Well, I'm going to hop to it, guys, get right to your weather and show what everybody's going to love this forecast. Actually, you're not because it's going to be kind of windy out to the west. 22 million people damaging wind gusts up to 80 miles per hour, blowing dirt, dust storms, power outages are possible. And with a very dry climate, we are looking at fire weather watches and red flag warnings for 8 million people from the Dakotas down to Texas out to Arizona. This is all part of this big storm system coming out of the Pacific Northwest behind it temperatures anywhere from 10 to 15 degrees below average ahead of it look Dallas 91 that's 16 degrees above average Santa Fe at 71 tomorrow Portland you're only at 48 degrees Salt Lake City 37 but St. Louis 75 degrees Little Rock 81 Wichita 86 and that warm weather moves east New York City 77 on Thursday DC right here 79 degrees mid 60s into Cincinnati and that is your latest weather guys all right Right, Alro, thank you. Coming up next, spring breakers aren't the only ones flocking to the ocean. Our Carrie Sanders live in Florida with an invasion that could make for a real beach bummer. Oh, shorts on right after this. He <laughs> <It> looks good. <laughs> we are back 749 with spring break in full swing. A lot of people headed to the ocean. That's right, but this year they are not alone. There's a new warning about a dangerous visitor at some popular beaches. Senior national correspondent Carrie Sanders is in Lauderdale by the sea, Florida with more. Carrie, good morning. Well, good morning, guys. If you're a regular beachgoer or, say, on spring break, you may have seen these. They're curious creatures. They are quite colorful, which is why kids are drawn to them. And they're sometimes in the water, washed up on the sand. And they look like jellyfish, but they're actually Portuguese man-o'-war. And they carry a very powerful venom that can really sting. And because of the strong winds that we heard Al talk about, they're showing up along the East Coast in the Gulf of Mexico. And it's all happening just as beach season begins. From Florida to Texas to the Carolinas, these glistening balloon-like sea creatures called Portuguese man-o'-wars are literally setting sail as beach season kicks off. A shifting wind pattern will sometimes force hundreds of the individuals up onto shore where they're washed up on the beach. Lifeguards flying purple flags to warn of the lurking danger. Portuguese men are, are, are pretty terrible. They, they are very, very painful. Their tentacles dangling as long as 165 feet below the surface are loaded with toxins that can sting you even after they're dead and wash ashore. 20-year-old college student Hannah Almanzar was stung while on spring break in Florida. She says she felt a slight pinch on her chest within minutes of entering the water. I thought at first it was just like my bathing suit, and then I felt it was just like kind of like burning everywhere else. Almanzar rushed to the ER for help, where she received an injection of an anti-inflammatory medicine for the increasing pain. I kind of thought for a moment that I'm like either was going to die or was going to be close to it just because of how bad it like just how bad the pain was because I never felt anything like that. While man of wars are found in tropical waters year round, they're spotted more frequently on U.S. coasts in the spring and summertime. Experts say if you do get stung, vinegar is your best bet. Spray or pour it on the wound to neutralize the venom. Do not touch the area with your hands. Instead, scrape the skin with an object like a credit card to remove the residue. And make sure to soak the area in hot water to get rid of any remaining toxins. 
The venom in those tentacles, extremely powerful, and in very rare cases, especially for those who have allergies, it can be fatal, guys. Scary. All right, oh, thank man. you, Carrie. That's scary. Jeez. All right, and Carson, news of a big engagement this weekend. That's right, guys. Ben and Jen are back at it for round two. <laughs> Coming up on Pop Start, all the latest details on their second engagement, including JLo's ring oh, and the significance behind the color. Look at that. Pretty amazing. Yeah. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe Right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. 